to talk about Alex, Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. Oh my god. His dunk. That was probably like the highlight of the game. Welcome back to the Knockout Round. This is Sarah Coe, one of the editors at Annenberg Sports Media and the host of this podcast. This episode is a little different. We've partnered up with another podcast I produce called the Triple Team Podcast. The Triple Team discusses all professional sports and releases every Wednesday. I'm joined by Jared, Taj, and Daniel, and we'll be giving our perspectives on the latest NBA news. Welcome back to another episode of the Triple Team Podcast. This week, we're talking about the NBA. I'm Jared Castillo. I'm a graduate student at USC, and I'm joined by... Daniel Huynh. I'm a junior at USC. Taj Mayfield, a sophomore at USC. And I'm Sarah Coe. I'm the person you hear at the beginning and end of these podcasts. Yeah, and really quickly, just uh, talk about yourself, Sarah. Like, don't you have another podcast here? Yeah, so we, I actually produce two other podcasts here, too. Um, in addition to the Triple Team, we have the Knockout Round, which talks about all of sports culture. And we also have another podcast called The Scoreboard, which talks about all USC sports. So make sure to go check it out. We mentioned it a little bit earlier, but this week we're going to be talking about the NBA. And in particular, if you guys remember week one, Taj talked about how the Utah Jazz could potentially play spoiler to the Los Angeles Lakers, and what happened, Taj? They did not play spoilers to the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. It was a good game in the first half when the Lakers were playing with like their traditional big lineup, and it was like a big-on-big big game. But then in the second half, the Lakers went small, and they like put AD at the 5, and the Lakers just ran away with it. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring that up because, Daniel, I want to get your thoughts on this. The Lakers went with a small, a really small lineup in the third. They had Alex Caruso, KCP, uh, Co- Quinn Cook, excuse me, Troy Daniels, and either AD or Dwight at the five. They played a four out, four out, one in. So, what do you think of the Lakers doing that moving forward? Um, I mean, as long as I mean, it seems to work, and as long as it keeps working, I don't see any reason to change it. <coughs> the big thing is though that Anthony Davis is like kind of a crybaby when it comes to playing the center spot. So I, I don't know right. well, how you long know, that will happen. He played point guard in high school. Yeah, like, so, like he I don't has see the, why. Like, uh, yeah. he, I mean, I he has the handles for it for a big man. But I, if the Lakers want to play more efficiently because they don't really play defense, then they have to have AD at the five. Daniel? I'm, I mean, like, honestly, um, his skills are pretty transferable to either big man position at power forward or the center position. I mean... It doesn't really matter. Is like eighty skill set fits at either or. So I don't. I don't really. I think it's fine. I don't think it's a matter of like AD skill set because AD is one of the top five players in the game. He can play anywhere. But it's a matter of like where the Lakers shine the most, especially when like Kuzma comes back. I feel like AD at the five and Kuz at the four will make the Lakers like live up to their potential. I think Kuz is the the key factor here. So. Um, he he could be like very well be the most like a solid third option or even. I dare say, like, a third All-Star. So, I mean, I, I just think uh, Kuz, Kuz is that good. So, And all the talk about AD is great. He's a wonderful talent, great player. But something I think we're kind of missing out on is how well Dwight Howard's played the first week of yeah, the Yeah, he's NBA. been doing really well. Right? I was surprised, especially, like, how old he is, right. like, how long he's been out of his prime. Right. He's been posting some really good plays, too. I, I still can't forgive him. <laughs> what he did a couple years ago, but um, I I think he had like what he went for eight for eight like last night. I, yeah, I think, I mean, fine, fine. I mean, as long as he keeps doing his job, I won't care about him. But 
I mean, okay, I care about the Lakers winning, but you know, as you get the point, is like, I I'm still angry. At still hung up on that whole. I'm still bitter about that year, that season. Is it warranted though? Because it's been what six, seven years. Six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. It's been literally almost a long well, time, well, almost a lifetime in a day. Dwight was res- was ha- well. Okay, he was kind of responsible for my own suffering that season, and I will <laughs> never forget it. You're like 13, huh? Yeah, I was. My my mom so my mom had to lecture me in that you know basketball is just a game. I I like I shouldn't be getting so mad, but you know, I just couldn't help it. I was just like I was just angry. But based on his performance so far, he is redeeming himself fine. for that year. Fine. He's, right? st- he's still... He knows, too. He got, like, way more fit this year than any other year he's ever been in the NBA. It's his last chance because, I mean, if you look at his line, uh, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 23 minutes. That's a pretty solid line. Especially and, for Dwight. Right. Yeah. And, like, last year with the with the Wizards, he could barely move up and down the court. And just to see him putting up those numbers, granted it was against the Hornets, but still, those are pretty decent, regardless of who you play. And speaking of decent play, we forgot a, we, we forgot to mention him a lot of times, but this time we're actually going to do it, much to Sarah's delight. We're going to talk about Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso! Oh my god. His dunk, that was probably like the highlight of the game, I think. I think it's also just so funny how like he's just such a meme, you know? Right. Again, basketball memes go such a long way, right? Right. And he's just like an icon. I feel like he's like the face of the Lakers. The Lakers have yet to lose a game when he's played. So. Right. Exactly. Correlation. I when, mean, I'll admit, um, I'm not as familiar as, with the situation as you guys are, but like, t- to be honest, like, he he's just one of those media darling stories that you know <laughs> comes and goes and goes away. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty but, like that's like the best part. I feel like are these like underdog stories, you know? Because like he is. <sighs> The backup of the backup. I'll be honest. For the backup. The backup. I'll be I'll <laughs> so. be completely honest with you. When Jeremy Lin got hot a couple years back, my mom, who doesn't watch basketball, started watching, and that kind of annoyed me. So, really? So okay. to get back on this topic, I'm very indifferent to Mr. Caruso. Okay, well, just to speak on Mr. Caruso a little bit more, um, he didn't see the floor when they played against the, the Clippers in the NBA opener, which the Lakers lost because everyone knows if he would have played – the Lakers would have won. Yeah, he would be the game changer for sure. Right. But he did play decently against the Jazz. So with that being said, what are your guys' expectations for Mr. Caruso moving forward? Against like a team like the Jazz, where I feel like their performance isn't really consistent enough yet, where if LeBron plays 28 minutes, he can do so much in those 28 minutes that like if they are ahead, which they were, then they can have Caruso rotate in because mm-hmm. obviously they don't want other players to be risk for injury right. especially like having someone like ad who's so prone to injury like mm-hmm. rotation is key right. so even if you're rotating in someone like caruso who may not offensively or defensively really like perform that well, <laughs> well you know truthfully but he is still a crucial part especially because like they have still a lot of people who are injured and like haven't been playing i mean to his credit he did play hard on both ends of the floor so we can give him that i have Zero expectations for Caruso. Okay. The only Fair. thing I would like, however, for Caruso to um come in and just take KCP's spot altogether, because as you said on the first episode, yeah. <laughs> KCP is trash. Yeah, and it's just been it's so he's sad. just been backing up your take each game. Yeah, exactly. See, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I hate to sound like you know I told you so, but you did. You told me. Yeah. 
It's like the whole zero points stuff. Yeah. Oh, it kills me because like he last year he did really well. He was I, a, at least like a better six man than he is now, but. It I'm not going to say that he's, like, a game changer like Caruso could be. <laughs> okay, so when you say he played well, let's put that into context. Okay. Let's, you have to define... Everyone has a different opinion on what their definition of well is. And for me, Casey... I'm not even a, a Laker fan, but KCP... Damn, Rich Paul is a really good agent. If he can net him that money for what he's giving... Oh, man, I'd love to have him as an agent. Yeah, and, like, honestly, with the whole Lakers lineup, like, you've got your starting five, and then basically, like, who else almost? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally, LeBron and AD are going to be carrying the team for the season. Who right. knows how long that, AD will be in for the rest of the season? I mean, I mean, come trade that line. I mean, like, whoever's not playing well is obviously tr- expendable pieces. Is it's You are right. It's, it's literally just LeBron and AD's team. I mean, like, K- KCP, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be gone by the deadline. Yeah, he's like no Lou Williams either, you know? The thing is, um, one one of the things that I want to bring up with KCP, he has a no-trade clause or whatever, right? So right. he has to say, okay, trade me to this team. Best contract in the league. Exactly, <laughs> Rich right? Paul is a legend. <laughs> yeah. You might need to say a little bit more towards the Lakers front office because they need to... If they want KCP off the team for something, something good, right. something usable, man, you got you guys got to start praying because that contract, oh, it's but, tight. Like, oh wow. Yeah, Sarah, you mentioned inconsistencies earlier. Um, I want to get your guys' take on the Clippers as a whole because, I mean, their their court looks pretty interesting, to say the least. Yeah, basically it's just Kawhi and then everyone else and then their bench. Basically, in the first matchup against the Lakers. I feel like one of the only reasons why they won is because the Lakers don't play de- defense at all. LeBron is there to facilitate the floor, and LeBron and AD are known to be like offensive powerhouses. Mm-hmm. They're fine with scoring like thirty points a night, and they probably will. Right. But defensively, like they just let the ball run. Right, and it's interesting because you mentioned the Clippers bench; they can go ten deep each and every game, like. The- that, isn't that fair to say? Yeah, I yeah. think, like, for the first game, almost every single bench player was in, like, double figures for points, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that just goes to show that, like, the defense for the Clippers, they play really, really well defensively. And then because their bench is so deep that they are able to keep up the scores. Yeah. I Especially, mean, like, having Kawhi as their leader, basically, mm-hmm. like, right now. And imagine when Paul George comes back. They're going to yeah. be even more deep than they are now. Right, and then Kawhi because he's a leader and he's like the all like a defensive man of the year. He's known to be a very 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 good defensive player. So having him set the tone to play defense and be an offense leader already just goes to show how much of an advantage that the Clippers have over the Lakers just because they literally just play both ends of the court. I mean, Sarah's right. The defense, it's it was honestly the same problem last year. It's just like this. Now that we're in contention, I'm just worried that this is going to haunt us in the playoffs. And, I mean, depth is really important. Like, Sarah is right. So going into the playoffs, the Clippers do have a have a tremendous advantage because of the depth. Uh, yeah, the Clippers look like the best team in the league. I know they lost to the Suns, but that was like— <laughs> That was really sad. The I Suns think. were, like, treating it like a game seven in the finals, and the Clippers were kind of treating it like, okay, let's just get this one, get this one over with. So I'm not taking too much into that one. 
but yeah, they look like the best team in the league so far. Personally, both of these teams, they're they're all just these veteran like championship contenders. They're all waiting for the playoffs. It's like these games until like I don't know January, like maybe near playoff February. Like it's it's nothing burgers right now. Is I mean they're just gonna take it easy, and then like as we get near the second half, they're gonna take off from here. But right now, it's nothing. Right, and it's interesting you bring that up because you say that these championship teams they just take it easy for you know until April, March. April. Because the real season is in April, May, and June. Right, exactly. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. It's only one week, but fill in the blank. So I'll, I'll start. It's only one week, but the Lakers are not better than the Clippers. That is a hot take, bro. You have to like remember that, like <laughs> I mean, I've LeBron been... single-handedly carried the Cavaliers through the playoffs. That's fine, but it's in the East. True, but he still got there. They, like they were still playing against the Bucks. They were playing against the Celtics. It was a young team, but they were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Had they had the experience, they probably would have beat the Cavs. But it's the East. I still think the Lakers have the best shot right now at least okay so again it's only one week but lakers listen i feel like the finals are gonna be like lakers and then bucks that's like my prediction yeah didn't one of you guys have the same thing um I, that, i'm i'm I gonna lakers sixers lakers sixers yeah lakers sixers okay, yeah then it's really a... you think the Sixers? i just think the i Is mean that... look the bucks have great players but like i, I okay sometimes honest... sometimes it just the bucks how they're presented by the media, it's honestly the Bucks and like it's just Giannis and the Bucks. With, with the Sixers, it, it's the same thing with the Clippers. It's Kawhi and the Clippers. Paul George and the Bucks. Not bench. right now. Vitsa Zubac, nobody. nobody no. He's, he's an amazing player. He's a monster. You know, don't, don't. I, I just think I just think what happened. You gotta think there's like sports is also like a mental, like emotional process too. What happened to the Sixers last year? It's, you're just not the same thing after that. You're you come back more hungry, angry, and motivated. Yeah, but then there's that whole thing with like Embiid and like Ben Simmons, and I'm like, I don't know if their team chemistry is gonna like play out through the year. I'm sure it's gonna be fine, but again, it's only one week. But fill in the blank. But get back to me in three months. It's just <laughs> okay. I'm good. No, I'm sorry. I'm being serious. Too early. It's, it's, okay. it's so it's so early. Like guys is like I said before, we know what the when the real season is. Anything, anything, any any like big wins right now is just like doesn't really have much weight to me. I just want to see the season and the storylines develop before like you come to me. With but something. at the same time, you can't help but think like all these teams. There's a lot. The I will teams. say this though: the Clippers do look terrifying. Okay, so it's only one week, but the Clippers are terrifying. There you go. Okay, Todd? <laughs> it's only one week, but Kyrie Irving for MVP. Ooh. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of The Knockout Round with our special guests, Jared, Taj, and Daniel from the Triple Team Podcast. Make sure to listen to part two of this episode on the Triple Team Podcast, dropping tomorrow on Spotify. Follow at the co-round on Instagram to keep up to date with this podcast. For all USC sports news, follow at Am Media Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep listening to the Knockout Round every Tuesday and Friday. <laughs>